Hey guys, during this episode, you are going to hear me say Davies County when it's actually supposed to be Davis County. Based on the way it's spelled, you would think it would be Davies, but that is incorrect. And I know that now. I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't know that before. Uh, But thank you, Tiffany, for writing in and giving me that correction. I hate mispronouncing things. So if you all ever hear me mispronounce something in the future, let me know. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful Halloween. I know I did. I was so pleasantly surprised. See, I didn't know what to expect because I'm in my new house and I didn't know how many trick-or-treaters I would get here. And I asked on the Nextdoor app what to expect and people said like maybe 10 people at the most. Well, we had to have had at least 30 trick-or-treaters come by. So that was really exciting. All the little kids were so cute in their costumes and having such a good time and it just felt normal, finally, which was so nice. So I hope you all had a great weekend, too. And now that Halloween is behind us, I figured I should maybe switch gears. We've been doing a lot of haunted stuff, a lot of scary stories. And so today I thought I would just get back into something that I started, gosh, months ago now. Um, if you all will remember, I did an episode on Kentucky Place Names where I went through and just looked up some of the more interesting origin stories of how these places got their names. And that was kind of fun. Uh, But I only got through the bees last time. So we're going to do part two today, and we're going to start in the seas. Studying, uh, researching all this always cracks me up because so many of these names were obviously like not well thought out, like just spur of the moment, sure, let's name it this and move on. I don't know if they thought they were always going to come back and change it later or what, but but there are a lot of badly named towns in Kentucky. Um, (laughs) One of the things that was really common to do is if there were like two important people in the town they would combine their first names or combine their last names. So, like, there's one place called Joe Nancy, and it's literally just uh, one guy was named Joe, and then there was a woman named Nancy, and they combined their names and named named the town after them. Not a great system. Um, so, yeah, I just it's very entertaining to read through all these. Um, a lot of bad names, but you know what I really like is Cerulean. That's a great name. And there is a Cerulean, Kentucky, um, in Trigg County. Okay. And it's called that because of the Cerulean Springs Health Resort that opened in 1817. And then the town was named after the springs in 1824. And the story goes that the water in the springs used to be this black color because of the black sulfur content. And then in 1811, the New Madrid earthquake altered it to that of chloride of magnesia with its characteristic sky blue hue. So you can still go see the spring water in Cerulean. It's in this little basement-like structure, from what I can tell in the pictures. And the water is a really pretty color. It's like an opaque bluish white. Now, I don't think the locals like touch this water or use it for anything, 
At this point, it's just a cool thing to stop and see if you're in the area, maybe. But at one point, this was a popular tourist destination, you know, because we've talked about it before, the springs all over Kentucky became tourist destinations because people thought the minerals in the water had these restorative healing properties. And so Cerulean had a skating rink, a bowling alley, a hotel with a huge ballroom and dancing pavilion. The original hotel burned, and they rebuilt it once, and then eventually the newer structure burnt down as well. So that's kind of a bummer. But yeah, that is Cerulean. There's also a Chevrolet, Kentucky. It's in Harlan County. And Chevrolet was a coal town. Uh, It actually wasn't named Chevrolet until 1918. And it's said that they called it that for the car that was driven either by the mail carrier in town or maybe by the foreman of the construction gang that was building a coal tipple. Uh, Which, whoever it was, it said that that Chevy was the first car to drive on the local road. And that was very important at the time. Um, Later on, a 1935 newspaper account reported that the town had 800 inhabitants and about 60 cars. And half of those were Chevys. Coldwater, Kentucky. Coldwater. It's in Callaway County. And the story goes that there were these two cold springs, okay? Two of them about a mile apart from one another in this area, owned by two different men, okay? And each of these men were absolutely certain their spring had the colder water. It was very important to them. So they had an impartial test done, and it turned out that the owner of the colder spring was a man named Asa Scarborough. Amazing name. I love that, Asa Scarborough. But having really cold water in this town was apparently so important that they decided to name the town Coldwater. There are two coal towns in Kentucky. One is C-O-A-L, and that's pretty obvious. But there's also C-O-L-E town. And that coal town is in Fayette County, and it's named after a freed slave. In 1843, Millie Cole inherited 10 acres from Sarah Johnson, sister of her former master. Millie died in the 1860s, and the land was split between her three children. And they built up this settlement that became Coal Town. There is a Consolation, Kentucky, in Christian County, and that area was settled by Job Clark in the 1830s. And Clark was a universalist preacher with lofty goals, and he, he believed that it was God's consolation that he settle there and build his church. Um, I guess he had way bigger goals than to end up where he did, and so he called the area Consolation. There's a variation of the story that says he was planning to build this big, fancy, over-the-top church, but he couldn't raise the money to build it. And so the settlement became his consolation. Now this next one is charming, and it's local to me, but I I didn't know this until now. So Crestwood is kind of near where I grew up. Um, It's in Oldham County, Kentucky. And the area was initially called Beard's Station in 1857. It was named after Joseph Beard, 
who donated the land for the local Louisville and Frankfurt Railroad Station. And then the name was kind of just shortened to Beard in 1880. B-E-A-R-D, Beard. So not a great name for a town. And then it kind of got worse because the locals started calling it Whiskers. Like as a joke, I guess. But then some newcomers got to the area and wanted to settle there. And they were like, this is a terrible name for a town. Like you can't call this place Beard forever. And so the name was changed to Crestwood in 1909. And... There's no clear reason why they settled on that name, but it is better than Beard or Whiskers. I learned a new word on this next one. So there's a place called Crummies, Kentucky. Uh, That's C-R-U-M-M-I-E-S. It's in Harlan County. And the hamlet was named after the nearby creek along which it said someone had once watched a large herd of buffalo with crumpled horns. And apparently a cow with crooked, crumpled horns is called a crummy. I had never heard that before, and I think it's really cute. Uh, Not a great name for a town, but charming story. Uh, Charming word, anyway. There is a Kurdsville, Kentucky, in Davies County. And Curdsville was once a busy shipping port and manufacturing town. It was maybe first settled in the early 1840s by a man named Mr. Spray. And Mr. Spray promised he would name the town after a Green River boat captain named H.T. Curd in return for a barrel of whiskey. So this town may have been named because the person who named it wanted this barrel of whiskey. Now, I also saw that it may have first been settled by William Glenn, who went on to be a representative in the Kentucky State Legislature and Sheriff of Davies County. Speaking of Davies County, that's D-A-V-I-E-S-S, named after Colonel Joseph Hamilton Davies, who was a pioneer lawyer, a U.S. attorney for Kentucky, he prosecuted Aaron Burr for treason in 1806, and he was killed in the Battle of Tippecanoe. And then, in an attempt to honor his legacy, we misspelled his name, and it never got corrected. So, in the act that created the county name, they reversed the I and the E in Davies, and it stuck, and it never got corrected. Um, I'm just going to read you this next one verbatim from the book Kentucky Place Names, which I'll link to on the website. So this is the story about um, Decoy, Kentucky, which is in both Knott and Breathe It County. Breathe It? Breathe It? Sorry, I don't know that one. Here's the story. Quote, Though the area was first settled around 1809, the post office was not established until November 14, 1904 with Henry C. Shepard, postmaster. Shepard was a hero of a most unusual place-naming account. Henry's goal of intellectual self-improvement included systematic study of a mail-order dictionary. One day therein, he came across the word decoy, to entrap, and was shortly able to apply this concept when he successfully set a trap for his unfaithful wife and her man. He was later to say to his neighbors that he had decoyed them. 
When it came time to establish a post office in the community, Henry was asked to be the postmaster, and he requested it be named Decoy, for this word had much significance to him. (laughs) So there's that. Um, There is a Democrat Kentucky in Letcher County. Now, the area known as Democrat used to be called Razorblade. So (laughs) that's quaint. Um, And then somehow the town was just called Stick for a while. S-T-I-C-K, Stick. Uh, Personally, I think it was a good move to ditch both Stick and Razorblade. It was renamed Democrat on Halloween, 1902. And it's generally agreed that it was named for the postmaster, who was the, quote, lone Democrat in a staunchly Republican precinct. (laughs) There is an unincorporated community in Barron County, Kentucky, called 88. 88 Kentucky. It was established on September 20th, 1869 by Dabney L. Nunnally, the local storekeeper. It's said that Nunnally, quote, wrote a very poor hand, and when the time came to name the post office, he said, call it 88. I can write that so anybody can read it. Others say it was named that because it's 8.8 miles from Glasgow, although I think that's not actually correct. Uh, But whatever the truth may be about its origin, its claim to fame is the gatherings it's hosted because of its name. People from all over came together in the town of 88, on August 8th, 1888, and again on August 8th, 2008. And that year, it wasn't quite as big of a deal because it coincided with the Summer Olympics. This one's cute. There is a Fair Dealing, Kentucky, in Marshall County. Uh, And fair dealing is described in the book I have as a redeveloping community. Now, I don't know if that's still true. The book's a couple years old. Uh, But at one time in the recent past, it was considered redeveloping. But it was established in 1837 and is said to be named in honor of a shopkeeper who offered fair deals to his customers. Fair dealing. There's a fixer, Kentucky, in Lee County. It's described as a, quote, nearly deserted and almost inaccessible community, but the story is charming. There was a man named Simpson Crabtree who was in charge of picking out the name. And he was submitting all these ideas, and they kept telling him that all the names were already taken and he needed to come up with something else. So he wrote back, and he said, look, I've done all I'm going to do. I'm not sending any more suggestions. You... The postal authorities can fixer yourselves. Fixer. There you have it. The post office opened in 1917 and closed in 1970. Now, here's the scoop on Frankfurt. Frankfurt was acquired in the late 18th century by James Wilkinson, who laid out the town and named it. So, there was this guy, Stephen Frank. And he was one of a party of men from Bryan Station who camped somewhere around where Frankfurt is now. And his group was attacked by Native Americans, and Frank was killed. And that exact location became a common crossing point, and people started calling it Frank's Ford. And then in 1876, Wilkinson had the town officially registered in Frank's honor as Frankfurt. Frankfurt. 
You might assume that Franklin County, where Frankfurt is located, would also be named after this Stephen Frank fellow, but you'd be assuming wrong. Franklin County is in fact named after Benjamin Franklin, who I've recently learned was not that great of a Jude after all. That might be an episode for my other podcast. It's kind of interesting though. There is a Frost, Kentucky, in Greenup County. Now, Frost was originally called Mount Zion by the people that settled there, but that was a popular one. All these biblical names were popular, and it was already taken. And so they were told that they needed to pick out a new name, something short. And I guess the weather must not have been great at the time, because the suggestions they gave were rain, hail, snow, and frost. And Frost was the only one that wasn't already taken. There is a Ghent, Kentucky. Um, I've driven through there like a thousand times, and I, for the longest time I could never remember if you say Gent or Ghent, but I'm pretty sure it's Ghent. Um, now that I know the history, maybe I'll remember it. But Ghent is above Carrollton across from Vive, Indiana. It was first settled in 1795 by members of the Reverend Mr. Craig's Traveling Church. And one of the guys in that group was Mr. McCool, and I am not making that up. They named a creek after this guy, and for a while, the area was known as McCool's Creek Settlement. And honestly, they should have left it, because McCool is way better than Ghent. But later on, a guy named Samuel Sanders opened a tavern in the area, and sometime before 1814 laid out a town from a survey by Reverend John Scott. It's weird to think about reverends moonlighting as surveyors. Anyway, Sanders was like, we've got to rename this place. I'll ask my buddy Henry Clay. Well, Henry Clay had recently been in Ghent, Belgium, working on the treaty ending the War of 1812. So that was his suggestion, and that's what stuck. Uh, If you look up Ghent, Belgium, I'm sorry to report that it is much, much more spectacular than Ghent, Kentucky. I've got a few more for you. So, Goldbug, Kentucky is near Williamsburg. And Goldbug is a term used to describe someone who wants to return to the use of the gold standard. And at the time that this town was being established, 1896... It was an election year, a big year, and McKinley was encouraging all his supporters to wear gold lapel pins, gold neckties, gold headbands. It was a hot-button issue. It was on everybody's minds, and this community just took it to the next level by naming the town Goldbug. Next is Goshen, Kentucky, in Oldham County. Uh, Not particularly exciting story, but it's where I went to high school. I know a lot of people from there, so I figured I should include it. And I bet you all didn't know at least part of this story. And I'm a little unsure about the chronology here, but there was a Presbyterian church established in the area, um, and it was the Goshen Presbyterian Church because Goshen was a biblical place that had rich soil and was full of comfort and promise, and so... That was the name of this church in the area. But then the community was founded in 1849, even though the church was there before that. But it grew, and in 1849, they decided to call it Saltillo, 
after a city in northern Mexico, near which the Mexican War Battle of Buena Vista was fought in 1847. So it was called Saltillo for a while. That just didn't stick, and it ended up being called Goshen. Now, if you thought the gold bug story was good, you should know that there's also a hard money Kentucky. Hard money. About seven miles from Paducah. Said to have been named for a political controversy at the time over the use of gold backing for paper money. But there's actually an alternate story. And that one is that the postmaster was mounting his first dollar when he was asked to name the town. And during this conversation, he was explaining that that money was the hardest money he had ever earned. And there you have it. Hard money. This next one is just sweet. Uh, There is or was a little town named Hilda in Rowan County. And the local mail carrier, James Thompson, asked his daughter Alice if she wanted him to name the town after her. But she said no. She preferred the name of one of the characters in a book she was reading. And so instead of Alice, the daughter, they named the town Hilda after a book character. I just think it's sweet. And then finally, there is a town, or maybe was a town, called Juggernaut. That's J-U-G-O-R-N-O-T, Jug or Not, Juggernaut, in Pulaski County. At one time, according to one tradition, local people did a thriving business producing and selling moonshine. They would charge one price if customers brought their own containers, and then a little more if they didn't have containers. So, when someone came to buy, he would be asked, jug or not? Another tradition, though, refers to the common practice of rewarding voters with whiskey. You'd be asked if you wanted a jug or not, and if you voted the right way, you would get your drink. As always, I thank you for listening to another episode. Also, I wanted to take a quick second to plug my other podcast. It's called the Pine Overcoat Podcast. If you search Pine Overcoat, it should come up on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. But it's been a lot of fun. I just released two big, long episodes about the life of Harry Houdini. Uh, That was a lot of fun to research. And so you should go check that out. A couple other recent episodes, one about the crazy uh, chaotic life of a Victorian era plant hunter Um, that, you know, people just went wild in Europe when they found out about orchids and other rare plants and things got kind of out of hand. Um, So yeah, go, go check that out. Pine Overcoat podcast. Uh, Let me know what you all think. Leave a review on Apple podcasts. All right. That's all I've got. So you all take care and until next time.